0: Welcome to 43% and Rising, a podcast that focuses on women in the marketing industry and not only shows us how we can learn, but thrive from the wisdom of others. We sit down with some of the industry's most inspiring and game-changing women to find out more about their career journey and lessons that can benefit the industry as a whole. I'm your host, Tanya Nidzayo, and this podcast is brought to you by Ernest. Welcome to another episode of 43% and rising. Today, I'm joined by Isabel, who is head of B2B Marketing Europe at TikTok. Isabel's experiences are inspiring. She started from her early career working in B2C and made a migration to B2B. She also gives us a taste of what it's like to be working in a fast-paced and high-energy startup such as TikTok. In this episode, Isabel will tell us a little bit more about that, as well as what piqued her interest in marketing and what she hopes to see is the future for herself and for tiktok So welcome back to another episode of 43% and Rising. Today I'm joined by Isabel, who is head of B2B Marketing Europe at TikTok. Welcome, Isabel.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here and in person.
0: What a, what a novelty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Um, thank you for joining us. I thought it would be a great um, opening kind of introduction for you to possibly tell us a bit more about yourself and the, you know what you do at TikTok. Sure. Okay, so... Um,
1: I am like the head of head of B2B marketing like you said uh, for Europe so it's my responsibility to amplify the brand scale our voice Deepen customer relationships um, all the way across Europe in all the markets that we operate TikTok for business in. Um, And we mainly do that through marketing communications, events, engagements, uh, partnerships and industry relationships. Um, So I have a team of about 15 at the moment and we're going to be 25 soon. So really expanding um, across the B2B marketing scope. um, And it's a really exciting time to be there for sure. Wow,
0: that's a very... Quickly growing team, yeah, from fifteen to twenty-five. So, how's that been for you during lockdown um, with the team that you have now? It's been
1: a challenge and a great opportunity and an amazing experience all at the same time. I I started on the um, fourth of May in twenty twenty, and so I've never worked in the office. Um, I've never met half the team. But because TikTok is such a fast growing business, there are many other people in that same position as myself. So um, we're very much starting off with that work from home culture and building relationships remotely. Um, The first thing I had to do when I started my role was really establish the team, hire people. (laughs) You know, I needed a team Mm -hmm. and people. Um, But I mean, what an incredible opportunity to work for a brand like TikTok at a time when it's in startup, at a time when it's growing exponentially. And to be able to create a B2B marketing team, a strategy, a plan, an infrastructure, processes, all from scratch for a brand like that, at a time like that. I mean, it's just literally a once in a career opportunity. It feels like it's such a unicorn moment. I'm you know incredibly grateful for the opportunity. It's yeah.
0: brilliant. I think TikTok is truly a unicorn the growth and um, its growth and popularity over the past year has been absolutely phenomenal TikTok I think it's taking up a lot of market space when it comes to social media and ways of interacting, especially since people now prefer video content. Mm-hmm. They like short clips, they like, like stuff that's digestible and it's easy to reach wider audiences through TikTok. So, you guys are on a roller coaster for sure, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly it. It's, you know, we're a short form
1: video entertainment platform um, that's really tapping into the zeitgeist of what consumers want right now. Um, we are facilitating and promoting culture and all the different types of uh, cultural nuances. like There's something for everyone on TikTok, from like food talk to edutalk, um, book talk. There's, this, there's a corner
0: of it for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. For me too. I'm, I'm on skincare talk, <laughs> that being said. So um, when did you then decide to go into marketing? Was this something that you did at university or just that spark happened for you? Um,
1: yeah, so... I grew up in a very academic family. My dad's a professor of neuroscience. My mum is a lawyer and my sister was always an excellent scientist and then has gone on to become an oncologist. So I always felt like I had very high bar set for me in terms of what I needed to achieve as a child. But at school, I just I was in a very academic school. I just couldn't find my feet. I just didn't know what I was good at. I knew I was good at art and English, but I didn't know what careers that would lead to Um And I had no idea what my path was until, you know, as fate would have it, there was an opportunity to sort of lead the sixth form fashion show at school. And that's the first time I really felt like I'd found my calling. It sort of was a real self-awareness moment for me that I was good at leadership. I had a business brain and I liked organizing events. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it it was a really big success and that it's literally that moment in school that Pivoted me and made me go down the path I did because off the back of that, I then did work experience for New Look mm-hmm. in the marketing and PR department. I spent a lot of time that in that two weeks really understanding how the team had got their jobs and what experiences they'd had, and it was off the back of that work experience that I chose a business studies and marketing degree. I wanted the depth of business knowledge and then, sorry, the breadth of business knowledge and then the depth of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I was really keen to choose a degree that was a sandwich degree. So it had a year working as part of the education. So I did a year in um, Weller, which is now owned by P&G. So it's a hair care brand. And I I did a marketing role there for a year and I just absolutely loved it. I just enjoyed every aspect of my role. It was about building trust with customers and relationships. I just loved the variety in my day, like how you could be doing so many different types of uh, you know, projects, but it's all marketing. Um, I loved being close to the customers and understanding what that was. I, I loved the value it was bringing back to the business. And I just loved how creative it was. Um, and I ended up doing another year there after university as well. Um, and then when I got back from a stint traveling, I then just knew there was just never a question in my mind that it was a marketing career I wanted to have and I ended up working in magazines as my first job and my first job sort of outside of uni and then that for me has just been it's been it from then
0: then on I've always worked in media and I've always worked in marketing so yeah love it. Wow that's a really incredible start um come up from deciding at uni that something that your interest to seeing it through after university as well so how was that for you the transition from b2c to b2b because you know your work experience was mm-hmm. in places where you know you're directly customer facing and now it's more so businesses who you're interacting with
1: yeah so that that transition came in um i guess the third company stint i did which so i was i was in magazines for about seven years and then um I had, you know, a pure B2C career there, really. I, I did three years in subscriptions marketing, which was very data-driven, direct marketing, lifetime value analysis, testing. Um, really enjoyed that, but then moved into the brand marketing side there. And and in that brand marketing side, I worked for Marie Claire magazine at the time and the website. Um, it was in the, glo- the, the glory days of magazines. It was just a brilliant time to be in that industry. Um, but that also encapsulated some elements of B2B marketing. So, you know, what can we do that will be great for our advertisers? How can we bring the brand experience to our advertisers? Um, And then I really loved that whole that holistic approach of B2C and B2B. But it was when I moved, I moved from there to AOL um, to work on women's content brands, which would have seemed like an unusual choice at the time. But within a few months, I launched the Huffington Post in the UK um, with a huge ad campaign, which has been a campaign, my biggest campaign highlight mm-hmm. to date. But it was really in that role and that growth that I had in that business that I transitioned into B two B. So I just progressed through the business. I did well in my role. I got mm-hmm. promotion after promotion. Um, I got promoted to a senior director when I was seven months pregnant, um, and then at that point took on an international remit with B two B as well as B two C. And I really. Just started falling more in love with B2B because it's so much more based on relationships uh, that you build deep, trusting relationships with customers and how you can work on that loyalty, um, exceeding expectations. And really, it's just the more partnership, relationship based marketing I think suits me better because I'm a I'm a real people person. I really love how, you know, understanding how people work and building relationships. So, I just love that you could be a lot more hands-on with customer relationships
0: in B2B. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I think you've had a lot of experience which I guess sums up where you are now and the achievements that you've had. So, congrats. If I can still say congratulations, even as past tense. But Thank um you. That then moves me nicely onto my next question, which is which campaign... I think you may have just mentioned it, but Mm. can you tell us more about the campaign that stood out the most for you or was that first um, industry experience that you had? Yeah. Yeah, so it was launching the Huffington Post. It it was a
1: B2C campaign, although there were B2B elements of it. Um, But it was a very intricate, essentially a content marketing campaign that had... It was really about promoting... The blogs that we had and HuffPost at the time was famous for (laughs) having blog content and that anyone could blog for it and that uh, lots of famous people blogged on HuffPost. So we created intricate media plans for each piece of blog content and targeted it at that particular audience Um, and I worked with an amazing agency called Gravity Road and I learned so much from them it was just a phenomenal experience in that way Um, and when the campaign which was at the time a purely digital media campaign started to really outperform we were given more budget to amplify the campaign and we did digital out of home and we did experiential marketing um and the campaign was such a success that we took the website from ninth to 5th in the UK news market um, and we went on to win a ton of awards including a can Lion um, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity because a lot of what I did was new to me. I'd, I had never done it before and just to be learning on the job and then for it to be so successful and to be working with such great talents like p- the people at Gravity Road... Um, was just such a phenomenal experience and i think it is a real sort of lesson in there to just be brave about taking on new opportunities even if you sort of haven't done something before because it can be really successful and be one of the best career moments
0: that you'll have yeah and from this experience are there any lessons that you'd pass on to anyone else who's early on in their career as well i think it's to
1: to embrace opportunities in that way i think like i just said but also to take risks So a lot of people questioned my decision moving from, you know, premium women's magazines, well-known household names to a company like AOL, which was Mm -hmm. perceived to be a sort of a dying old brand. But I could see that there was opportunity there and I could see that the opportunity was to be digital, was to work on agile content brands, um, was to work for a much smaller company where I could take on a, you know, a wider role and do a lot more things. So yeah, it was a risk like to leave the comfort of, household brands in a a huge media conglomerate but it was a risk that really really paid off because it's ultimately given me so much opportunity and so much variety in my career and it's enabled me to have the depth of experience that I've got now and I'm really I'm really grateful and pleased that I took that chance so I would urge you know anyone to to really think about the risks that they can take in terms of trying out something different, trying out a company that they just have a you know really good feeling about because they know that they're in the, going in the right direction. Um, or to always work for a, a brand or a product that you personally really love and use yourself. I'm As a marketer, I've only ever worked on brands where I'm the consumer. Mm hmm. Apart from a short stint in car magazines at the beginning, (laughs) I didn't actually drive a a Land Rover or a Mini, um, despite working on Land Rover World and Mini World. But I, I've always wanted to work in magazines, or I've always consumed and read the websites I work on, or I'm on TikTok and using it and loving it myself, you know. Or I was, you know, using the hair products when I worked at P and G. So I just think that makes you such a better marketer when you're really passionate about the products that you're using yourself and you're a consumer yourself, and then. I think also you're a better b2b marketer if you also have b2c marketing experience because you're targeting marketers when you're a b2b marketer well we certainly are in our industry um and so i can speak from both sides of the coin you know i I know as a b2b marketer what's going to be effective but i also know as a b2c marketer who's our
0: target audience what they need Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think you've brought up a really interesting point there about having faith and believing in the product that you're selling as a marketer the one that you're advertising because often I think when people are not aligned with the values of the product that they're selling to other people It somewhat tells and it shows in whether that's how they um, discuss where they work or the product, whatever it may be. The passion isn't always there. So I think it's always important to be passionate about exactly what it is that you're selling and also who you work for because you have to enjoy your job. You have to like your team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You've only got one life. You've got to love what you do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you don't want to look back in, I don't know, 60 years and think, I wish I'd worked elsewhere. I wish I'd you know, given something else a chance, which is, you know, the other part, taking risks, because even if sometimes you're comfortable and you enjoy what you do, like you said, when you made the transition from a household name to something smaller, being comfortable can also sometimes hold you back from reaching your true potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You've, you've got to come out of your comfort zone. I
1: think... <laughs> I mean, I've moved roles a lot. Even so, I've worked in, I've done long stints in companies. I did seven years at IPC, which is now part of Future. I did nine years at AOL, which is now part of Yahoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> these companies all merged. Um, but within those companies, I've never had the same job for more than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you should constantly be pushing yourself outside your comfort zone because then you know you're learning Mm -hmm. and having that growth mindset to learn no matter what stage you are in your career, no matter how senior you are, no matter what you do, just you must have a growth mindset because we can always learn more and we can always be better at what we do.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So that takes us then on nicely to our next question, which is, so where are you now in the role that you are? How do you feel about that? What do you see yourself doing in the coming years at TikTok? What are your goals? Great question. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) um, So I've been at TikTok just over
0: a year. Um,
1: uh, It's, yeah, like, I mean, like I said at the beginning, it's just a unicorn of an opportunity. It's it's the holy trinity. It's a product I love in an industry I love doing what I love. (laughs) Um, So I feel so grateful to be there and doing that um, at uh, at this time. It's just so great. Um, But we've... Really spent the last year. I mean, within two months, I launched TikTok for business with my team, um, which was our B two B facing brand. Yep. So I started in May, and we launched it at the end of June. <laughs> so it was a it was literally a single swim thrown mm-hmm. at the deep end situation when I started, but I loved it. Um, and I think that's the key to the mentality of working at TikTok at the moment is that we are a startup and we're in very much digging foundation mode as opposed to decorating the house. You know, we're sort of really laying and building foundations for a successful business and when i joined it was all about driving awareness of tiktok for business so we've launched we're here you can advertise on tiktok um but it also it was about putting in the marketing foundations. So we didn't have a website, we didn't have a newsletter, we didn't have social media channels, um, we didn't have an event platform. So we didn't have any of these basics in place to be able to do marketing. Yeah. So like the first thing I had to do was really build these foundations. You know, luckily, I you know have a great team a really talented, amazingly bright team. Um, We work really quickly. The pace is insane, but it's so energetic and motivating. Um, We're really getting stuff done. And, you know, now we've got a fantastic website. We've got um, a newsletter that breaks industry benchmarks in terms of open rates, Uh, really effective social media and a social selling programme. We do, I feel, industry-leading events, events. and we have only ever done digital events in the B2B space so far because we started in the pandemic. Yeah. So I'm really excited for the events team to see what they can do when we, you know, <laughs> we come blinking up. into the sun <laughs> and emerge out of this pandemic. You know, there's some so much creativity and opportunity to do some really cool live events and some really cool client engagement activities. Um, so, th- I mean, that'll be a huge focus for us, I think, is moving into live. Um, we want to refine what we do. Fewer, bigger, better is a key key for us now um and then also moving from brand awareness now to perception and understanding so i think you know we, we face a lot of challenges in the industry as a lot of other platforms do like um facebook and twitter etc you know we, we face similar challenges in terms of making sure our users are safe and therefore the brand advertising is in a safe environment and it's really important that we're making good progress there and that we're working with our partners and communicating well on that so there's there's challenges and barriers to spend that we need to address mm-hmm. and make sure that we're partnering with our clients on um, and then there's just a great amount of momentum that we need to continue in terms of building up our marketing activities as we come back into a live world hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> touch wood,
0: yeah, t- touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think for the startup environment can be very exciting um, and very <sighs> as well as exciting, engaging, challenging and a great learning lesson for a lot of people. Um, I briefly worked at a startup before I started my job here. And that's what I found. I enjoy the fast paced mm. and, you know, being part of the foundation and that building process yep. taught me a lot more than, you know, what I possibly learned during my entire time at university, because that's the beginning of Absolutely. what you then see of all of these companies who, you know, you only see the end product and like you said you know dressing the house rather than actually building the foundations and putting in the skirting boards which it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort but I think it's the most exciting phase of um, a growing business. Exactly, and so what a chance to be doing that for a brand like TikTok. Like
1: yeah, it's, you know, every, everyone, and everyone's doing. They're in the company. They're doing. Everyone's doing so well. But you know, you have to have that mentality of just roll
0: your sleeves up, mm-hmm. get stuck in. Let's just get stuff done. Let's just get stuff done. Yeah, yeah, especially. Um so as a woman who's leading such an incredible team and doing incredible things, what would you say then to other, I've asked you a similar question, actually, but now it's more so focused on B2B and TikTok. So if there are young ladies out there who believe that they would be suited and would love an opportunity to possibly you know, apply to TikTok, are there any schemes that they currently do or um, any programs? Yeah, absolutely. It, it depends what part of the business you want to go into.
1: Yeah. There is... Not to my knowledge, it's sort of a a company-wide internship programme, for example, but there are definitely internship programmes running in various parts of the business. Um, We have a great university education programme. Uh, We have a whole team dedicated to just making sure that people at TikTok are out speaking at universities Mm -hmm. um, and talking about those kind of opportunities. Um, And then there's also tons of jobs right now going, which is a nice novelty. So, you know, check out the TikTok careers page. Mm -hmm. You might see something there that takes your fancy (laughs) and, you know, do apply. So I'd really recommend um, networking and building relationships within the industry um, where you can meet people because just getting that advice, but also... Having relationships from networking can sometimes, you know, a referral can really help yeah. sort of get you that awareness within the recruitment pile for sure. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really recommend just being very aware. If you want to work for a company, check their website. Like We, we have our own careers page. That's where all of our jobs are at the moment. So, mm. you know, check the careers page for a company you want to work for um, and where you can go see people speak from that company,
0: um, network with people from that company and try and get in that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, network, network, network. So important. So important. Whether it's dropping someone a message on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. um, I think the other important part of that is actually following through and maintaining these relationships because you might meet someone at an event, you might connect on LinkedIn, you see one another's posts here and there but then maintaining that relationship staying in touch checking in that's also a really other um, important aspect of maintaining these relationships that you meet with people who could open doors for you absolutely, and opportunities yeah absolutely okay well great thank you so much isabel for joining us today on another episode of 43 percent and rising thank you for having me it's been so great to be here